Greetings, surf music comrades. I'm Lady Reverb, and this is SurfGuitar101.com's podcast number 11. In this show, I'll be playing you a whole bunch of classic surf tunes that were all specially selected for us by the Baron Shimmy Shivers, also known as Norman Cabrera of the Ghastly Ones. And a little later on, we'll finally be listening to the rest of the interview that Warren Binder recorded with Baron Shivers, which was featured in our previous podcast. Additionally, I'll also be playing you some truly awesome surf music out of Norway and Iceland, including a track from a brand new CD entitled Savage Iceland from amazingly talented one-man surf band, Burt Rocket. So to start things off on an energetic note in our brand new year, here's High Voltage from Jim Messina and the Jesters. Thank you. 
That last song was Night Rider from Richard Anthony Mansour, who of course is none other than Dick Dale, the man responsible for the invention of surf music. Starting things off in that set was High Voltage from Jim Messina and the Jesters. That's off their 1964 album, The Dragsters. After that, we heard driving guitars from world-renowned and rock and roll hall of fame inductees, The Ventures. And the third song in that set was Jetstream from Wichita, Kansas band, The Breakers. That's off of a compilation album entitled Surfing in the Midwest, Volume 3. All right, next up, we're going out of control with the Crossfires.
started off there with Out of Control by The Crossfires. That was from their classic 1963 album of the same name. Following The Crossfires, we heard a song called Scratch from Eddie and the Showman, featuring the amazing guitarist Eddie Bertrand. And that's the band that Bertrand formed just after leaving the Bel Airs. After that, we heard a song originally written and performed by The Shadows, The Rise and Fall of Fingal Bunt. That particular version there was from PJ and the Galaxies, and that's the band that the great Paul Johnson formed just after leaving the Bel Airs. Finally, we heard Cat on a Hot Phone Board, a tune made back in 1963 by L.A. band The New Dimensions. All right, now it's time to resume the interview that Warren Binder conducted with the Ghastly One's fantastic drummer, Baron Shimmy Shivers, a.k.a. Norman Cabrera. Please stay tuned. Target Draculon, that was the first one that came out on your own record label, and you also had Dave Klein in the band for the first time. That's correct, yeah. Um, uh, Dave, we were really, really happy to have Dave become a permanent member of the band because not only is he a really great, awesome musician, so he's, he's just a really cool guy and has a lot of great ideas for like song arrangements and, and, and production, and, and, and the guy could play virtually any instrument. I mean, he's you know, he's a drummer, he's a, a guitar player, he's a great bass player, and he's an amazing organ player. So, and he played organ on our on our recordings before he was actually in the band. So anytime you hear an organ on one of our early recordings, it's Dave, even though he wasn't a, a, a permanent member of the band. Once he became available, he wasn't in a band when we did just before Target Draculon, so we, were, we said, hey Dave, join our band. You know, we really, really want you to be in this band. And he said yes, and we were just, you know, thrilled as, as thrilled can be because, you know, it was just so cool to have him, you know, in a band because he's a good friend and a great musician and, you know, a, an amazing asset to, you know, to have, a, you know, someone in your band. Um, you mentioned the songs you guys would cover early on and the ones that sort of were inspirational the beginning. Were there any bands that were contemporaries at that time you guys were really into? Yeah, as far as like, like in the surf genre, I, I know that like, um, you know, we liked Man or Astro Man, we liked um, Satan's Pilgrims, we liked like the Finks, but we also liked, you know, stuff like like the Witch Doctors and like uh, me personally, like the Grave Digger Five, and and you know, uh, I had uh, you know, the influence to do a quote-unquote surf band um, wasn't didn't entirely stem from surf, you know, it was it was sort of like. In my mind, anyway, and I guess in the mind of Garrett, I suppose, too, it was kind of an amalgam of a lot of different things. Even though it was a primarily a surf sound, and when you listen to it, it's definitely surf. It's a reverb-driven sound. But but I, I felt like I wanted to work in influences of, like, the cramps and the misfits and, and all these things. And I don't think that necessarily comes through, but at least in my mind, that's what I was kind of hoping for, you know. But, you know, I think we're probably a little more... Um, straightforward surf than, than something like the, like the cramps for sure you know but but still I love that stuff you know that stuff was, was great but but yeah there was other bands of that era that, that, we, that we really liked it seemed like that was sort of the it, it was peaking a lot right right around that time and uh, Lee Joseph was doing these Dionysus demolition derbies you know which were really great a lot of amazing bands you know the Boss Martians and and all these guys and the, the astronauts from Germany like the those the current, you know, from astronauts from that era, not the 60s ones, obviously. But those guys, we played a show with those guys, and those guys were amazing, like absolutely amazing. 
You know, so we 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 loved a lot of we loved all of that that was happening at that time, and we sort of like came out of that same little moment in time. You know, like like uh, it seemed like all this stuff was happening, and and we ended up playing some of those demolition derbies, and we played a lot of those Ralph Carrera um, Tiger Mask shows too, which were at the time felt like it really felt like like it was almost kind of part of being like this burgeoning punk rock scene somehow like it felt like this grassroots like wow this is going to explode but it, it never quite did it sort of kind of fizzled out it felt like it was right on the cusp of exploding but in order for a scene to really um, make crossover into the mainstream there has to be a band that really defines the scene you know whatever whoever that may be you know uh, the punk rock scene you know had the sex pistols you know uh, the surf scene in the 60s the, the, the figurehead for that was Dick Dale, you know. Uh, in the 50s, you know, the figurehead for that was Chuck Berry, you know, and then Elvis, you know. Uh, so every every scene, every little burgeoning scene has its, has its figurehead that everybody latches onto. And I feel like during that era, there wasn't, a band never really truly emerged that became that crossover. Maybe Man or Astro Man was probably the closest one, would, would you say? I don't know. Okay. You know, to make a go of it. Yeah, Man or Astro Man probably had the widest appeal, and they toured probably more than any of the other bands of that ilk. And I, I really liked their records. I thought they were great. You know, so. Uh, but again, it, it felt like right as, as that was about to explode, it fizzled out just as quickly as as it started to feel like it was rising. So you guys have definitely taken sort of a great big monster movie approach to the, not just the image and the artwork and everything, but also the music itself. Where do you tend to draw that influence from? Well, I think like sort of like the, the spooky surf sound, like, you know, everybody immediately thinks of like Frankie Stein and the Ghouls and, and those records and stuff. And those records are really fun and I definitely really like them, or like the deadly ones, you know, and uh, they're, they're fun and those are studio musicians, you know, playing on, on those songs. and. And aside from like the goofy laughing and stuff like that, you know, like the diabolical laughing, the songs aren't particularly scary sounding. Um, but I really think the definitive spooky songs were, were, were done by the Ventures, like um, Vamp Camp and, and uh, The Swinging Creeper and um, Fuzzy and Wild and The Cape and songs like that. Those songs sound really evil, you know, and, uh, and, and really, that's to me is I think the origin of, of Spooky Surf. It's like naturally the Ventures, you know, who were the definitive instrumental band of all time, you know, stumbled upon this idea and not exactly sure why um, they would have done it, but, you know, the Monster Mash, you know, was certainly a huge hit in 1961 or whatever it was. And uh, I think um, Monster Movies and, and um, and Famous Monsters magazine and Creature Features and shows like that that I used to watch when I was a kid. I mean, all that stuff all originated in, in the early 60s was really when it exploded. And I think the Ventures sort of like, you know, took a lot of, maybe because they mixed up their genres so much on their albums, they didn't really have, even like the Ventures in Space record uh, isn't really like a space record. It's, it's more like an Exotica record in a way. It has like elements of Exotica, elements of spacey stuff, but then it has one of the greatest spooky surf songs ever done, He Never Came Back. I mean, that song, if there is one song that would define spooky surf, it's He Never Came Back by the Ventures. And I think uh, um, that's the stuff that, that we drew our inspiration from. And combine that with, with uh, um, uh, you know, Streaming Lord Such, which is one of my favorites, and, 
you know, at the time that we started, you know, Man or Astro Man was doing the, the sci-fi surf thing, and we were like, let's do the spooky surf thing, you know, and and uh, and Garrett and I dreamed up the looking like, um, you know, characters from a Hammer movie uh, with the top hats and the capes and stuff, and and uh, he did a drawing of it, of like what our costumes should be. We were like, that's it. That's you know, we're the ghastly ones. So you guys recorded a new vinyl only EP, right? Yeah, correct, yeah. It's called uh, Gears and Ghoulfinks. <laughs> and um, we, I really, really wanted to do, I, well, last year we wanted to do, a, a, I, I personally wanted to put out a whole brand new album. Uh, and it didn't happen mainly because, again, going back to Garrett and I's movie schedule makes it really, really hard to get together constantly and write and record songs. and. Not to mention, we were trying to do a lot of touring, too, because we were getting offered to go really, really cool places like Japan, you know, and then this year we went to England. And so I've been wanting to put out something new for a while, and we do have about, we have demos for about eight new songs, but only only four of them have been recorded, and uh, but they were just the basic tracks, you know, like they were unfinished. They were sitting around, and we were like, well, is, is you know, 2009 gonna go by without without us putting out anything new again i was like kind of bummed out about that i'm like we have these songs they're essentially in the can we just need to finish them and so i pushed really really hard to finish these songs despite the fact that everyone's schedule is really really busy but i was like i was like well, guys we got to finish this song i really want to do an ep for this year so everyone wor worked their butts off and we finished these songs and that's and uh so we figured this will be sort of like a little teaser for a full-length album in 2010, you know, so, so that, that's how the, the Gears and Ghoulfinks thing came to be. Um, all four songs won't be on the, the full release next year, Only probably only two of them, the, the two that are on the A side. The two on the B side are almost kind of novelty songs, and you'll, you'll know what I mean when you, when you get the record. They're, they're sort of like, it's a con it, it's, <laughs> for lack of a better term, it's a concept album, <laughs> not really. <laughs> It's basically like back in the 60s, Capitol Records did these Ed Roth, you know, uh, uh, LPs. They were like uh, Mr. Gasser and the, and the Weirdos, you know, and I thought it'd be really cool, you know, to do like a Mr. Gasser and the Weirdos type album. But I don't know if I'd want to do a full album like that, but I thought it'd be cool to do an EP like that. So, um, so we got the Piz to do the art because Piz actually used to work for Ed Roth. Piz did this amazing uh, Ed Roth style combined with Piz artwork, they went really well with the theme of Gears and Ghoulfinks, you know? So the song Think Think, which is on the B side, is very, very much like one of those goofy Ed Roth kind of novelty songs, but but we try to maybe not make it as goofy, so we add like kind of like a Trashman, uh, sort of Serpent Bird kind of, uh, you know, weirdness to it as well, like a little more edgy and strange, you know, like Serpent Bird kind of sound. <laughs> you know, but the, the songs on side A are, are uh, a song called Gargoyle, which is very much like a, like a, like a Dick Dale style, you know, heavy reverb, double picking song with a lot of drum fills. And then this, and then the second song on side uh, A is, is, um, is a song called Raiders Coach. And it's a vocal tune, which which kind of has like a Paul Revere and the Raiders kind of vibe. It's kind of inspired by their their car, the Raiders coach. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and you guys also played uh, this year's SurfGuitar101.com. Oh, the SurfGuitar101 convention was was just really really fun, man. A real treat. I mean, it was like it's like a high school reunion with people that you don't know, but you feel like you know them. You know, I mean, it was really it had that that feeling to it. It's like 
these guys that I had heard about or, or kind of peripherally know through other people talking about them or these bands that, that I've heard about and it all converging into one place is just a really, really great vibe, you know? And um, Jeff, right, is the, who had the idea of doing that initially, it was, or who's, because O'Brien obviously runs the site, but uh, uh, who came, what, where did that originate from, do you know? It was, I think it was Jeff and Kyle from the Verb Tones. Jeff and Kyle from the Verb Tones? So maybe Kyle had the initial idea, but I don't remember. Yeah, either. but anyway, um, big thumbs up to Jeff and, and company and Brian and everybody, you know, for, for doing this and flying out from all over the United States. To, to, for this, like, surf love fest. <laughs> you know, it's like surf Woodstock or something, you know? I mean, it's, it, it's, it was really, really fun. And, you, and, and to see all these cool bands and then guys like Paul Johnson, you know, go up and play guitar and, and then they're just hovering around and Jim Frias of the Nocturnes and, 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 uh, you know, you go up and you just sit next to him and start talking to him. And I, and, and Paul was sitting there for quite some time, you know, and, and, uh, we had our. He was selling his merch on one side of the room, and I was selling my merch on the other side of the room. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to Paul Johnson for a while. And just ask him a bunch of questions, and I asked him a bunch of stuff that 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 I wanted to know. And he was so cool about you know answering all this, all these really great, you know, he gave me all these great answers of, of, of to things that I I was like I always wondered about. Is there anything else you want to add or? Uh, well, I, uh, I just want to say thanks to Brian and company and thanks to you, Warren, for, for interviewing me and, and Jeff and, and all the other people on SG101. And it's just it's been really cool to, to, to get to know some of you guys that, that I only see usually typing. You know, I only see you, what represents you as your, as your avatar and, and your writing. And it's just cool to get to know you guys in person. And it's just uh, very, very cool. And keep, keep doing the good work. <laughs> Wow, that was an awesome interview. Thank you so much to Warren, and I really want to say a special thanks to Norm, both for this interview and for putting together the music for this show. So let's just get right back into it. It's time now to get everybody up with the classic sound of the amazing Fender 4.
We started off there with Everybody Up by the Fender 4, featuring the legendary surf guitarist Randy Holden. That was followed by a 1964 tune from the famous Frankie and Annette movie, Bikini Beach. The name of the band there was The Pyramids. And you know, these guys were famous for coming on stage wearing Beatles mop top wigs. And then sometime during the gig, they would lift them up to reveal the fact that they all had totally shaved heads. Very cool. After that, we heard Surfer's Blues from The Journeyman. That comes off of the Rare Surf Volume 1 compilation. And by the way, The Journeyman's drummer there was Artie Fisher, who many of you may know later joined forces with Paul Johnson to form the band PJ and Artie. And finally, the last song in that set was Point Panic from The Surfaris. That's a tune from 1963, and it was their follow-up to their monster hit Wipeout. Incidentally, that was the only other tune the Surfaris ever did that managed to reach the Billboard charts. Okay, time for one more set of classic tunes. Right now, let's take a journey to the stars with the Nocturnes.
Okay, that was Bulldog by The Ventures. That's off their legendary Live in Japan 1965 album. And you know, I think that's a must-have for Instro fans. It really captures the band at their zenith. Starting things off there was Journey to the Stars from The Nocturnes. That's off of the Rare Surf Volume 2 compilation. Following The Nocturnes was the Avengers 6 song, Avengers Stomp. That was from their Real Cool Hits album from 1966, which I think may make it among the last of their first wave surf releases. Finally, we heard Scattershield from the Surfaris, from their album, Hit City 64. By the way, I really love the reverb kicks in that tune. All right, Surf Comrades, that was the last of the classic songs in the show, with time enough to spare for one more set of modern, truly fantastic surf tunes. In this next set, I'll be playing two songs each from a couple of bands that put out really great releases in 2009. First up is The Mobsman with Cicero Comet.
started off the set with Norwegian band The Mobsman and their great tune Cicero Comet, followed by the song Flamenco. Both of those songs are from the album Cellarat Syndicate that was put out by these awesome trad surf rockers this past May. After that, we heard two songs from totally amazing one-man Icelandic surf band Burt Rocket's brand new CD. The first Burt Rocket tune there was Mr. Motor, and the last song I played in that set was the title track from the album, which is called Savage Iceland. And if you're wondering why I felt the need to play both of these bands back-to-back, it's because Burt Rocket also played organ for the Mobsman just before he moved to Iceland. If listeners are interested in purchasing either or both of these discs, they are indeed available at Double Crown Records or from CD Baby. Well, that's it for this podcast. Remember, if you love playing or simply listening to surf music, we're hoping you'll stop by the Surf Guitar 101 website and join our forum. The web address is www.surfguitar101.com It's the Internet's premier instrumental surf music forum. I hope you enjoyed listening to these selections and to the interview that Warren did with the Baron Shimmy Shivers. For the final track of this show, I'm going to be playing you a great Ghastly Ones tune entitled Lonesome Undertaker. surf music comrades this has been lady reverb who hopes will keep your music alive the love in your heart and that reverb tank in good working order